Greetings and salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. Well, surprise, 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 I am giving you a new episode. I told you guys for weeks that I was not going to be able to give you a new episode, but turns out I was able to secure an interview with a special guest, uh, somebody who's a listener to the program. I've been trying to work on this for a couple of weeks now, and and we were able to nail down a time and uh, a, a day that we can talk and talk about judo and talk about how he runs his club. And given that it's WrestleMania week, I think he deserves his own entrance music. So here it is for you, hailing from Oakland, California, representing Oakland judo. He's six foot two, weighing in at two hundred twenty pounds. Mr. Jonah Ewell! Jonah! 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 Welcome, Mr. Jonah Ewell from Oakland Judo. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, fighting off a little cold, but uh, otherwise good. Not bad. Not not bad. So you're uh, you're out in, in, in the Bay Area, the real Bay Area, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay, very cool. Because I live in the Bay Area too, but that's Tampa Bay, not uh, ah. not San Francisco Bay. I've been out to San Francisco once in my life. It's uh, it's my favorite city in the country. Actually, I think it's a uh, think think it's a beautiful place. Oh yeah. I've never been to Oakland, but but San Fran is is definitely tops on my list. Yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, and then following New York City and Boston, and after that, so nice, nice. Right on. So yeah, I've never I've never been to Tampa. Uh, well, no, maybe I have. I think once a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I would like to uh, get started on this interview. I'm sure you've got uh, things to do later on the day, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. But uh, but I was very interested to speak with you because of some of the things that you've mentioned to me in your email uh, mm-hmm. regarding your judo club and how you've been. Uh, been doing things and i definitely want to get to that but i do have a question that i want to get out of the way first because i know the listeners are dying to know yes what's your thoughts on leg grabs and judo uh you know i go back and forth on that you know it's uh i feel like the rules are all i feel like the rules are always going to change it definitely affects what you do in the dojo you know because you know you got guys that are getting ready for competition and then you have guys that are um, not not so interested in competition, um, and you know, in our dojo, the guys who aren't as interested in competition outnumber the guys who are. Um, so, right. So, um, you know, it, it is a very natural thing to want to grab the legs when you're coming from wrestling, or if there's guys, as we have quite a few of them, there's guys that you know did judo before, whether as as children or even just like ten years ago. You know, they did judo, and then sure. And then they came back and they're like, and then they grabbed the legs. And then like my newer guys, like, Hey, that's illegal. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, you know, actually what we're going to do, our plan, um, we just competed in fair. We competed in San Jose Buddhist tournament, which is a big tournament out here with, uh, you know, with standard rules. And then, uh, <clears throat> after that, our next thing is that we're going to compete in a Sambo tournament, which is coming up in June. Um, and Sambo, yeah, as, as you may or may not know it, they have, uh, you know, they have very interesting rule set, you know, it's, you get, um, you can get 
big, it's numerical points, but you can get the equivalent of an Ipon if you throw somebody flat on their back and you stay standing. That's like eight points. And then and if you have a lead, then it's an automatic win. So, And, of course, there's leg locks and chokes and arm bars for everybody. So, um, so but my guys are excited about that. We're going to do it's kind of an experiment. Hopefully we don't get our ankles twisted off. But Yeah, yeah exactly right. So tell the listeners about yourself, when you started judo, how long you've been training, what your current rank is, and who your sensei is. Sure. Um, I started training when I was uh, eight years old, uh, right here in the Bay Area, in Berkeley, actually. My sensei is uh, Dr. Alex Feng. And when we, um, when we started, he was uh, teaching Kung Fu and Judo, and and you had to take separate classes, but you had to take um, both of them if you wanted to get promoted. So you couldn't like get promoted just in judo or just in kung fu. You oh, had wow. to take. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So it was kind of a unified, uh, unified system there. And um, and uh, Dr. Fang is, you know, he's part of um, kind of the uh, uh, Wally J uh, lineage. Um, you know, uh, Henry Okazaki, uh, Danzan Ru Jiu Jitsu. Um, he also trained with, you know, uh, Fukuda Sensei and and uh, and uh, Ray Law and a bunch of other, you know, kind of uh, guys from the '60s and '70s like that. But um, yeah, so uh, I started training with him when I was eight years old. Did it for a year and then I quit because I didn't get promoted. I still remember very clearly. I was, I was, uh, I was, I got something. You know, I, I don't know. It's like you had to register for the test or or what, but I. You know, I was just eight years old, so I didn't know what was going on. And everybody else right. got promoted, and I didn't. And I was so mad. I just I went home and I quit. And I was like, and I didn't tell my parents why. I was just like, I'm done. I'm never going back. <laughs> and then again, because my friend was doing it, and he was like, Hey, you should you should come do this. And it was the same place. And I was like, Oh. So then, when I was twelve, I restarted. I started doing it. Uh, I did it pretty much all the way through high school. And I got my first degree black belt shortly after high school. Um, then in my 20s, I didn't practice very much in my 20s. I just practiced like here and there uh, just to maintain my skills. Um, I moved around a lot. I moved to New York. I moved to L.A. Um, I got married. I got divorced. Uh, you know, I started law school. I dropped out of law school. A bunch of different stuff happened. So uh, I wasn't um, concentrating too much on, on, on judo. And then when I moved back to the Bay Area in 2012, that's when I really started to practice a lot and really get better um, and improve my skills. And um, I got my second degree black belt uh, a couple years ago. Very nice. Very nice. Now, how old are you now? I am 38. I'll be 39 this year. Are you serious? You look like you're 22. I'm serious about that. I, I'm, I'm stunned. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's the... Uh, yeah, that's the uh, the Asian discount. My mom's yeah. Chinese, so. <laughs> wow, I've never heard of that discount before. Uh, yeah. I, that's the secret, huh? You look great. I, I gotta get a hand it to you. you look great. I'm serious. Thanks. You look like you're in your twenties. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So now, tell us more about your club, uh, o Oakland Judo. And before before uh, you get to that, I gotta say, your website is the best judo website i have seen to date uh, as far as layout <laughs> did you have a hand so tell us about oakland judo i'm curious to know also did you have a hand in that design 
because it's it's very up to date, very clean. Yeah, the website, um, the website I did myself. Um, I've been kind of tooling around with um, internet stuff since I was a kid, so I'm I'm pretty comfortable. I'm definitely not a professional, but um, you know, I just used a, a WordPress template. And um, before it was, I redesigned it. Actually, redesigned it mm, in the last two months. My uh, one of my students who does marketing stuff, you know, he was helping me out, and he was like, you know, I my, the previous incarnation of my website was very wordy, you know, it had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like articles and texts and I would like write these long blog posts and like, um, and he was like, you know, this, he said, this site is great if you're already a judo nerd, if you, if you already love judo, it's a great website, but you know, you got to think about, you got to think of your website as a, as a sales tool, as a recruitment tool. And I, and, and I was like, you know, you're right, you know, and, and I looked, um, actually looked at, there is a guy here in the Bay Area. Um, there's a couple guys here in the Bay Area who are, and I'll talk more about them later, who are doing judo full time. One of them is Chuck Jefferson down in San Jose, and so I looked at his. I looked at his website, and it is. Uh, and so that's what I kind of modeled my website on. You know, I was like, oh, it's it's big. It's like lots of pictures, uh, but it loads fast. You know, and it's just um, not too much text, but just enough text for guys who want details and. Um, more of like more of more of as a sales tool to get people in the door rather than like you know a site for judo nerds to to read and discuss. Of course. So that's course, that's the website. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, as far as um, as far as the club, gosh, I don't know where to start. Um, so when I moved back to the Bay Area in 2012, my teacher, Dr. Fang. Um, his judo class had kind of um, fallen off a, a couple years before, but you know he still had mats and he still had some he still had some space because he, he teaches uh, tai chi and qigong now. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, he's also he's an acupuncturist, so um, you know he has a building with acupuncture and then tai chi and qigong. So he has space and he had mats and and uh, I was like, hey, you know, why don't I start a just start a judo class? You know, like. Uh, and so I was doing that uh, part-time at the same time I was being, uh, being an acupuncturist. So, so I've done a lot of different things in my life. So I was an acupuncturist. After I dropped out of law school, I went to acupuncture school, uh, which was a tremendous waste of money. Uh, not a waste of time, I always like to say, because it was, uh, I learned some really interesting stuff, and acupuncture definitely does work. Um, it, in my opinion, it's, it's not much of a, of a profession these days. It's hard sure, to make money sure. doing it. Um, but anyway, so um, so I was trying to be an acupuncturist at that time and doing um, and doing judo part time, and then um, yeah, long story short, finally switched over uh, to doing judo full time. Just uh, gosh, what is this? Twenty seventeen. So probably two years ago. Yeah, two years. Twenty fifteen. So, what went into this decision to become a full time judo instructor? Uh, so basically, you know, you gotta have, um, you gotta have role models. And, uh, and of course I didn't have any, I didn't have any role models because, um, you know, there's very few people that, that make a living doing judo. Uh, even when I was working out and, um, when I was living in New York, I worked out, um, with, uh, downtown with, uh, Oishi Judo and Oishi Sensei is, um, you know, they have, they have their own dojo, you know, they have their own space right there in Manhattan. Um, so, but I think, I think Oishi Sensei is also has another job, you know, <laughs> so he's, right. that's, 
even though he has his own dojo in in Manhattan, you know, he has another job, uh, teaches and just teaches part time. So um, I didn't really have have a lot of role models. That's changing now. Um, when I was kind of transitioning out of acupuncture, um, looking for something else to do, I was hired by um, the other guy in the Bay Area who's doing judo full time. His name is Dan Augustine, and his uh, his family they ran the judo club at the Albany, California YMCA for, you know, many, many years, many decades actually. Um, and then, uh, went private, I don't know, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. Um, and has had a lot of success. And so I worked for him as kind of his assistant for about mm, four or five months, maybe six months on the outside. And, uh, just learned a whole lot, you know, and, and I was able to see like, wow, this guy is really doing it. You know, he's, he's got, um, class. He's got like a pre-judo class for three to five-year-olds. He's got, you know, beginner judo. He's got um, intermediate judo. He's got teens class. He's got adult class. There's a kata class. There's a women's only class. Um, you know, and, and I didn't agree with everything that he did, but I was like, wow, this guy's making a living doing judo. That's incredible. Um, now, so, how, how do yeah. you structure your classes? How many... So, how, because now, now you have an example or, or a template of sorts. So what are you doing that's the same versus what are you doing that's different? Right. So um, let's see. Um, the things that are the, things that are, uh, the same would be just having, having a lot of different classes. You know, our dojo is not huge. Um, so, you know, like last night we had um, eight guys in class, eight, you know, large adult guys. And uh, that was just about the limit for everybody doing Rondore at the same time, you know? Sure. Um, so, so we don't have a big dojo. So, in, so we have more classes, you know what I mean? So that way um, everybody gets a chance to, you know, be on the mat and feel like their particular problems are being addressed. You know, for, for instance, I just recently added an adult beginner class. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is uh which I realize is a big thing because there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that um, for them doing judo, you know, for, for us, for like you and me and everybody listening, it's very hard to imagine. It's very hard to imagine being an adult beginner because you're so far from being a beginner. You don't remember what it feels like to not know judo, but for a real beginner, it's actually very, it can be very intimidating, you know? Yes. Yes, <laughs> so, so whereas my, my concern designing a judo class is always like, Oh, you know, I don't want it to be too slow. I don't want people to get bored, you know, because that's my concern. Whereas, you know, for some other people, the concern might be, I hope this class doesn't go too far. We just focus on the basics. So, um, in class, and that's actually going really well. Um, but yeah, so that's one thing is, is just um, having a lot of different classes separated by age groups um, and skill levels, as many classes as you can, as you can fit in there. Um, uh, well, not not necessarily as many as you can fit, but just you know, just a, a variety of different classes. Um, something that's something that's different would be a tighter integration with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I think that's definitely the way forward for you know a lot of a lot of people is is um, to uh, to have to integrate with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. When I moved, I was with my uh, my instructor, Dr. Fang, renting space from him for about, you know, gosh, three, four years. And, you know, he charged me like definitely like below market rate, you know, rents to, you know, use the space. And 
he let me use his mats until we were able to buy our own. So it was a great, you know, amazing incubator for the business aspect. And then when, it, when we moved last December, um, I uh, moved in down the street with a friend of mine who um, trains Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he has also has a um, t-shirt shop. And so we kind of converted, you know, I don't know, like 75% of the shop into uh, the dojo. Oh, and then, um, yeah, yeah. So now, and he was, he was already teaching um, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu in that spot. So we kind of moved in together. So now we have, uh, if you look at our schedule online, it's like we have, we have, you know, the, <laughs> the way I arranged the schedule was so that I could use the tagline train judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu six days a week or, yeah. or Brazilian jiu-jitsu six days a week. And it's true now. So now our adult class, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and, uh, and then Brazilian jiu-jitsu adult class, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then kids class, we have pretty much six days a week. And then kids Brazilian jiu-jitsu class, we have three days a week. So it's, um, it's good. How are you able to get away with, because I saw the website, how are you able to get away with charging under $100 a month in San Francisco? Because look, I, I love San Francisco and there's a reason why I don't live in San Francisco or, or you know, up in the, the Napa Valley because I, I can make six figures out there, but it's still way too expensive for me to live out there with my family. So I, I think you answered my question, So, but I still want to get a, a firm answer from you. How can you get away with charging under $100 a month? Because in San Fran, I would think that you could, you could easily charge more and, and get that. So what do you th how did you determine your pricing structure for your club? Right. So uh, <clears throat> number one is that, um, you know, we are, we're not in San Francisco. We're in Oak, and we're actually, we're, it's a good area. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's it's a nice area. Uh, I would say it's like working class, lots of families. Um, you know, if you go, if you go in one direction from our dojo, you might end up in, in uh, a high crime area. If you go in another direction for a few minutes, you might end up in you know a very beautiful area with like views of the bay. So it's it's right in the middle there. And um, uh, I didn't want to, um, you know, one is that. You know, unlike like for instance, Chuck Jefferson is was on the world team. He went to the world championships. He was a San Jose State guy. Um, so, you know, I don't put myself in the same category as him as far as like you know, um, um, judo experience and and you know, com competitive experience and things like that. Dan Augustine uh, has been around for fifty years. He was um, an Olympic alternate, I think, back in eighty four, eighty eight. So, you know, these guys are very high level. They've been around for a long time. Me, you know, I'm just, I'm just starting out and, uh, well, not just starting, but I'm starting out as far as having like, you know, having a dojo and, um, and, and really teaching people. So, um, I just set my rates lower because of that. And also because I didn't want to price out, I didn't want to price out any of the kids in the neighborhood, you know? Um, okay. so I wanted to keep it accessible to, so in our, actually our kids rates are, cheaper than our doll race which is the inverse of a lot of um other places i was looking at right i went to visit um a club the other day for a nomad and um you know it was, it was a nice place and i looked at their rates and 
it's uh, I think it's like 150 per month for that's 150 a month is the lowest rate that's for adults. And then um, the kids is actually more kids like $165 a month. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, prices, prices probably will go up, you know, and, and uh, um, I'm actually able to do this because I'm living rent free at my uncle's house. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's gotcha, the, uh, gotcha. That's the great, that's the great business incubator. I'm, uh, I'm living rent free at my uncle's house. You know, my uncle and and they have an uh, in-law unit. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, I just, I'm trying to do this, this judo thing. And, and uh, you know, they've been, they've been super, super nice to me. So uh, I don't, I don't have to, uh, to pay rent in the barrier, which is a huge, huge thing. Um, right, eventually right. I would, yeah, eventually I would like to move out, you know, and, and have my own place, obviously, like, like a normal adult human being. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but you know, slowly but surely. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good. I, I just quit my, uh, my bouncer job. I had a bouncer job for about two years where I was working, um, two nights a week and, uh, just bringing in some extra cash that way. And, uh, I was able to quit this last month, uh, because judo is, uh, is taking off. It's, it's going up. So it's good. That's, that's great. Now it, it, I thought it was really interesting. Now it goes to show you how, how little I do know in the Bay area, all I know is San Francisco. So when I, I've never been to Oakland, I've, I've never driven through Oakland. So I really didn't have an understanding of the, you know, kind of the economic diversity of Oakland that, you know, maybe, maybe things are just completely different, even though it's right on the other side of the Bay or, or, you know, it's a, it's a neighboring city. Uh, it's kind of in the same way that Tampa and St. Petersburg is down here. Um, yeah. That, that's really, yeah. that's really interesting. So do you, um, how many students do you have approximately, you know, between kids and adults? So that's the other thing is, um, you know, it, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Okay. <laughs> There's so much I want to say. All right. So I have 52 students. And the reason that I know exactly how many students I have is because I use uh, Zen Planner, which is a great, great system. If for anyone um, starting a martial arts school, or even, you know, already has a martial arts school. Um, it's a great database, web-based database system, which will, um, which uh, allows you to keep track of um, con uh, contact information, uh, attendance, belt ranks. Um, it's customized for martial arts. It integrates really well with the payment system. I can take credit cards, do recurring payments, set up, you know, membership plans, all that stuff. It's all handled within that one system. So Zen Planner is great. They didn't pay me to say that. I just think it's a great yeah. service. It's actually, it's actually like, I think I only pay like mm, 70, 80 bucks a month for the service itself. And then, um, you know, and then there's credit card fees, you know, for, for running the credit cards. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so it's really important to know your metrics. It's really important to keep track of money in and money out. You know, of course, for anyone who's running a business, of it's course, also really important. It's also really important to keep track of, you know, how many students you have, how many, and Zen Planner, it breaks it down like how many students you have in your uh, children's program. Program, so I have fifty-two students. Not all of those students are paying. So, for instance, um, you know, I have my teacher, Dr. Fang. He's in there as a you know quote-unquote student, uh, as a member rather. I should say he's in he's in the database as a member because he drops by occasionally and I want to keep track of when he comes, but of course I don't, you know, charge him. Um, sure. Yeah. So, so there's, so there's, um, so as far as people with the real number, 
anything about doing this, the real number that you want to keep track of is how many students on pay, which auto pay is the you know, kids and adults who are on a program where it just, it just debits from their account every month. And that is, you know, that's what gym membership, that's the gym business plan. You know, it's, it's all about recurring billing and it's all about, um, just having it be automatic, you know, so people don't have to think about it. I remember just the headaches you used to have just trying to like chase people down and be like, okay, guys, don't forget to get your checks in by the first of the month. Cause if you don't, then we have to charge like an extra $5, you know, the late fee or whatever. And then people would come for like the middle two weeks of class. And then like, they wouldn't show up for the last two weeks. Yep. And then, and the, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So it's like, it's a real high, like collecting payments, such a hassle when you don't have, you know, an automated payment system. So the automated payment system, that's huge. That, that really makes the business possible. Um, and, uh, uh, gosh, oh yes. Yeah, that's right. The original question was how many students? So yeah, so that's, so I have 52 students as far as students on auto pay. I have uh, 33. Yeah. And then there's one or two guys that did a, uh, let's see, no, three guys, three guys are that did, um, the, you know, paid in advance for one whole year. And I give them a little bit of a discount for that. Oh, okay. That, that's really neat. Now. So, so there, you've mentioned that there are some students that, that do not pay. Are you, are you kind of doing more of a, is that a community outreach type of thing? Or are you just helping a family out? What is, what's no, no, that's, that, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's like I was saying, that's like, you know, you know, some people like my instructor, Dr. Fang. Um, there's another, there's um, another black belt who um, also teaches. He teaches some classes. So uh, for, you know, and he's down as a member, obviously. Um, so he doesn't pay. And then his children also don't pay. And then there's, um, uh, there's one student whose mother is a professional photographer, took a lot of the more like beautiful pictures that you might see on the site. Um, and so we're trading, you know, her son doesn't, you know, doesn't pay for lessons. Um, it's well worth it. You know, the, the pictures are, are really great. Um, right. so things, things like that right now, we haven't done, um, um, I haven't done as anything as far as like community outreach, as far as like promoting myself as like, um, being, you know, available for all that stuff. It's because I'm not yet financially at a place where I can do that. You know, so I feel like I need to get, of course, I need to, yeah, get like more of a solid base of students. I want to get the numbers up, numbers of paying students up. Um, and, you know, if anyone were to come to me and say, you know, I'd really like to be part of this program, you know, I can't really afford it. Um, yeah, of course, I would try to work with them, you know. Um, but of course, of course, there's a, there's a, there's a thing in, in, in this, um, especially for like small business people and entrepreneurs and professional people. Um, and freelancers where you don't want to underprice yourself, you know, and be constantly giving discounts because you'll just never stay in business and you'll never make money. And then you won't be able to offer your services to anyone and you won't be able to help anyone. So you gotta, you know, you gotta charge what you're worth and then, you know, make, make what you're worth. And then, you know, if anyone were to come to me, like say, and say, you know, Oh, my kid loves, you know, you know, really wants to be a part of this program. I can only pay this much. Yeah. You know, we figure out a way to work with them, you know, but I don't necessarily yeah. advertise it. I don't advertise it. Like, you know, Hey, people with no money come to my club and work out for yeah. free. You know, <laughs> like, it's, that's not a good business model. So, right, right, right. Now what, um, 
I'm, I'm curious as an instructor, how are you going to handle promotions for your students? What's that going to look like for you? Uh, you know, you don't have to go into super details, but I'm just curious how, in your opinion, how you will, you will handle promotions as a sensei. Promotions. Yeah. So promotions. Um, so for children, what we've been doing, and again, um, you know, got the, got this kind of example from, uh, from Sensei Augustine, uh, which is that have, we have a lot of belts and a lot of stripes and we pr promote every four months kind of on a schedule. It's not automatic. You don't get a belt. You don't get a stripe just for showing up. Like, as I always tell the kids, there's spe specific skills you have to do, but we do have um, a promotion test um, kind of spread out over several days um, uh, for stripes. That's for the kids program. Right. So that, and the kids, they really love it. They really, as I can attest, you know, it's promotions are very important <laughs> to children. Uh, so love it. And, and also it's a good way to, to mark, you know, to mark the, the, the progression and say, well, you know, so that's great. You know, case of Katami, now you get one stripe, you know, and, and, uh, things like that. So that's, um, and, and we follow, uh, kind of a modified version of the USJF system, which is, um, they start at uh, 10th Q with the white belt. And then, you know, they get the half white, half yellow, then the yellow, half yellow, half orange, orange, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, for the adults, for the adults, it's much more, um, uh, it's much more, I would say informal. We don't test on a schedule. I just promote guys, uh, or girls, depending on if I think they're performing at, you know, the, the level of that belt. So, right. For instance, there was a guy, Patrick, there's one of our guys, Patrick, who's been coming, um, you know, he's been coming for about a year. He competed in the San Jose Buddhist tournament. He got second place in the adult novice division did really well. So, and I was like, you know, what? this guy's definitely ready for a yellow belt. So I just, the next class after the tournament, I was like, you know, Patrick, here's your yellow belt and everybody clapped. And yeah, so that's, that's yeah. pretty much how we, how we do that. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you mentioned that you're part of the USJF. Does do you feel look? Well, let me I could, let me backtrack. Does the USJF support you and your club in any way? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. I, I know. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot there, and, and potentially maybe <laughs> being critical of the organization you've chosen to be a part of. But uh, I'm curious anyway how, if they support you in any way. I would say, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I say the most important thing for me about joining the USJF, um, the most important thing was um, just being around guys with, you know, guys that I respect and uh, guys, when I say guys, guys and girls, men and women, men and women who I respect, who have been in the judo community for a long time um, and people that I could learn from. So when I, our local meeting, our local association is called Central Coast or Senko. When I first started going to the meetings, I got to say, I was, I was a little discouraged, uh, but this was about two, three years ago. I first started going to meetings and I brought up this issue of what we call the form 20, the infamous form 20, which is, uh, the form that you fill out when you want to get a black belt promotion, either to showdown or knee down or sandown, whatever the form 20 is awful. It's the worst designed form in the history of everything except for maybe you know the year 2000 uh florida ballots with the paper chads yeah, the hanging yeah, chads the you hanging know chads, yeah yeah the hanging <laughs> chads it was it's it's the form 20 the usjf form 20 this i can say 
I will say this publicly. It's terrible. It's terrible. Please, you know, it's so confusing. For anybody who's looking at the first time, there's all these boxes and there's information. We have to put in information twice. And it doesn't, it's, there's like one page on top that it, where, you, where you put all the information. And then there's like six pages in between that you can mostly ignore. And then there's the one page at the back that you have that's really important. And it's just, and then it, it, it's so unclear. And then you, you try and fill it out and then you're out wrong because it's such a bad form. It's not intuitive. And then you send it in and it gets sent back by the USJF. And they're like, no, you didn't write, you know, if, if you didn't have any, you know, competition wins in the last couple of years, then you shouldn't, you, you can't just leave that box blank. You have to like, you have to write in NA or you have oh. to write. And it's like, yeah, it's, 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 oh, okay. it's, it's over oh, the top. Okay. Yeah. It's over the top. So when I first went there, you know, that was to the meetings. I was like, Hey, like, um, I, you know, brought up an agenda item, you know, as a, as a Senko member club, I was like, how, what about, um, redesigning the 420, the form 20. And, you know, all, everybody just kind of looks at each other and shook their head and they're like, Haha, well, yeah, good luck getting that changed. And that was pretty much the end of it. And I was like, are you serious? Like, can we, <laughs> are you serious? We just have to live with this terrible, terrible form. Um, and so I, I didn't, you know, and that was kind of discouraging, honestly. Um, but as you know, I put in the time, I kept going to meetings, I went to promotional meetings, vote on agenda items. And, you know, I really, as I put more time into it, I was like, you know what, you know, these guys are really doing important service for judo. They're right. donating their time. You know, these are guys who are not full-time judo people. They're software engineers, they're insurance salesmen. Um, and, and, you know, they, they have their, you know, community clubs and they go to all the meetings, they're referees, you know, they really donate a lot of their time to judo and, and, uh, it's really valuable what, what goes on there. Um, so so I, I appreciate it. So mostly what we do at the local level is train referees and test black belts. Uh, and that's, uh, and that's, that's good, you know, because if you want, if you want to have tournaments, you're going to need referees. And if you need referees, referees have to be trained. And, right. you know, so that's, that's, that's a good, whether or not you agree with the rules or not, you know, that's, um, that's a, something that's got to happen. And it's, uh, it's good. It's good. It's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Definitely. There's a lot of stuff. You could always find stuff to criticize, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but I'll just leave it at the form 20. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to promote one of your students to Shodan, would you be able to do it at your current rank under the USJF guidelines? Okay. So as far as I understand, USJF, um, uh, you cannot do automatic promotion. USA Judo, you can. I think you can promote to like someone, if you're like a fifth degree, you can promote someone up to third degree just by a stroke of your pen. Um, but USJF, they do have to test no matter what. You write them a letter of recommendation. Uh, you recommend them to the local promotion board, which is, you know, your local Yudan Shikai, in our case, Central Coast. Sure. Um, sure. Without that letter of recommendation, they cannot get promoted. So it's not like your brown belt can go off and just get promoted by themselves. They do need that letter of risk. So you, as the as the sensei, you do have final say in the matter, uh, whether you want to put them up for promotion. I see, I see. So you, uh, yeah, you, you, you recommend them for promotion, and then go ahead and go take that test. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and they, exactly. That's pretty much. It. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, what are you doing currently to grow your club? Like, what are, what are some of the things that you have done, and and what does that process look like? So, so you've got a club, you've got 50 students, which I think is fantastic, or you've got over 50 students, and I, I think that's fantastic. So what do you do at this point to 
grow the club you have a great website uh what else what else do you do so uh it's kind of like a it's kind of like uh gosh it's kind of like training your dog you're almost like you're never done training your dog you kind of have to do constant reinforcement so you're never done marketing your dojo it's not like oh i marketed my dojo and now i'm done this i know it's just a constant process there's always something to do um, I don't use Google AdWords because um, okay. it takes. Because for me, it seems like I tried it, and it's it's just really complicated to learn the system and the the rewards as far as how much money you're spending doesn't seem to be there. Um, but I'd make sure, and obviously, you know, I'd make sure and have a nice website. Um, and then, so the website is like the funnel. You know, you want to have a you want to have a wide funnel and just direct people. Sorry, the website is in the funnel. The website is on the the other end. The funnel. So funnel people in and then get them to go to the website. And once they go to the website, they'll be like, oh, this is great. I can try a free trial class or I can watch this video or I can learn about this and that. Um, so you always want to, for me, I always want to direct people to the website. Um, and how do I direct people to the website? You know, just everything, print flyers um, and um, window signs. Now that we're in a place where you can put up signs in the window, which is great. Um, leaving those flyers um, in various places around like cafes and elementary schools and um, the YMCA um, and also things like um, doing events in the community like uh, not this year but the year before we did a Chinese New Year's um, you know there's like Lunar New Year celebration at the sure. elementary school so we did a, a we went there and did a, um, a, a demo um, last year we have something called the uh, Laurel Street Fair which is the street that we're on MacArthur Boulevard it closes down booth and um and we were handing out um you know flyers and we we're wearing our geese you know and like getting people to come into the dojo this coming up year um it'll happen again in august we're gonna have a booth again and we're going to um try and get on the main main stage to do a demo outside so just just stuff like that you know and and keeping in mind that um that uh uh well, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So there is um, one thing I want to direct people to, which has been really helpful for me, is a uh, email sent out by a guy named Mac, Mike Massey. Mike Massey, who um, is the author of a book called Small Dojo Big Profits, and he is a guy. Yep. Um, he, um, I actually have not read his book. I've only subscribed to his newsletter, so I haven't paid for anything of his. But the free content that he gives out, it's really good. You know, um, he he just he's he's all about um, well, just small dojo, big profits. He's all about like helping you maximize, become a successful business owner and a martial artist while staying true to your ideals, not you know not selling out. You know, and and uh, so I recommend that to anyone. Look up Martial Arts Business Daily, Mike Massey. I get a lot of ideas from that guy. Um, and then oh, one other thing. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And I'm also in the middle of planning summer camps. So summer camp is coming up. Judo summer camp. I'm oh, definitely going to do that. Um, just for, it's going to be the first time I do it this summer. So I'm only going to do it for weeks, two non-consecutive weeks. Um, and um, hopefully that'll be a lot of get kids in there and uh, have some fun. Have you ever considered doing like an after-school program or, or is the fact that your dojo is part of a, another business, does that hinder that possibility? Or maybe your club space isn't big enough, or 
or the logistics of it all. I don't. Again, I don't know Oakland. Have you ever considered doing anything like that? Um. Yeah. Now, what do you mean by after school program? Do you mean? Do you mean? Uh, do you mean like? like pick kid pick kids up in a van and then take them and help them do homework and then do some judo what is that what yeah, that is that or? kind of thing and again i don't know oakland i know around here there there can be a gap between families uh going to work and then picking up their children when kids get out of school it's like at two o'clock and they get up get picked up around six o'clock maybe oakland's different because your public transportation uh, system's different and kids can get around on their own i don't i don't know so that's kind of but but what you were saying is what i was suggesting i see yes yes um i have not you know i haven't i haven't really thought about that um that, that i guess that could be that that could be an option um i just never really thought about that so yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, I, I know i know a guy that the club that i might judo club is a part of it's it's actually a brazilian jiu-jitsu club but his his main money maker is is the after school program and then through there he he gets it's kind of like a built-in advertisement for brazilian jiu-jitsu it's like hey you know we got after school care from from three you know from 2 30 to six o'clock but then the kids class for brazilian jiu-jitsu is from six forty uh six o'clock to six forty five and that's you know that's an extra that's an extra price on top of the after school so that's why i was curious if you had pl planned on doing anything like that because that can be that can be a good source of income especially for families that that may have a challenge getting their kids right after school yeah yeah that's that's true that's smart um i haven't i haven't thought about that but but yeah i'll keep that in mind for the future <laughs> <laughs> Now, where can people who are who are in the Oakland area or or maybe online and traveling to Oakland, where where can they find you online? I know you got the website, but do you have any other uh, social media platforms that you that you utilize, like a Twitter, Facebook, email? What if people want to get in contact with you? How would they do that? Yeah, it's just um, so the website is OaklandJudo.com, and Oakland Judo is pretty much our handle on um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, not really so much on Twitter. I just, I have it set up to where, you know, when I post on Facebook, it goes to the Twitter page, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm not really on Twitter so much, but, uh, uh, Instagram, we're on Instagram, Oakland judo, Facebook page, Oakland judo. Um, yeah. And we put up some, some fun videos on there. Yeah. By the way, you are my 100th follower. I'm going to do a video just for you on that, uh, on my Instagram page. You, you were, oh, yeah. You're officially my 100th follower, so, so I'm going to do a little something. Hopefully, you get a kick out of it. I'm not sure when I'll be able to do it, but uh, hopefully in the next uh, couple of days, I'll put something up there. Just, just a little joke. Just hopefully uh, you, you get a laugh out of it. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Jonah, thank you very much for joining me on this esteemed podcast. And... Um, uh, we'll, we'll, well, we definitely keep in touch through email, uh, but we'll, I'll definitely love to have you on the program uh, in the future and, and uh, you know, see how things are going from there. Awesome. Right on, man. Thanks. Thanks for me. And yeah, I just, I just want to say that, uh, you know, um, it, it took me a long time to really decide that I was, didn't care what other people thought and I was just going to do really what I've always wanted to do since I was 12 years old, which is just do martial arts all the time. <laughs> yeah. So all the stuff in between, which was like going to law school and going to acting school, all that stuff was just like stuff that I thought would be like kind of respectable, you know? 
And, sure. and uh, I mean, I was, I was kind of interested at the time, but you know, really all I really wanted to do since I was 12 years old, I just want to do martial arts all the time. And I never thought, I always put up roadblocks myself like, oh, you, no one does that. You can't do that. Or if, if you do that, you have to sell out and blah, 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 and teach cardio kickboxing and stuff like that. And I was like, and I, was, I had enough role models. Uh, and I was like, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I don't care anymore. Like, I don't care. I don't care. If I have to live in my uncle's backyard, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it because this is, uh, this is the only thing that I'm really interested in. You know, Jonah, that, that's, so, really, that's really great because uh, I, now that I know you're close, closer to my age than I thought, uh, I, I can certainly speak to you know, where, where I am at my, in my career, my professional career, which is you know, software quality assurance, where, where I would like to be. Uh, in the future, I mean, I, I I set a goal for myself that by the time I'm 50 years old, I want to be out of IT. It's just not that thing for me. So I really admire that you are pursuing uh, your your dream and what you want to do. It's it's very difficult when you, you start getting into middle age. You you find yourself trapped in in careers or doing jobs that maybe just doesn't do it for you anymore. And there was a time that that you know being in IT did it for me, but now that I'm I'm you know past 40, you know, I want to do something different. And and it's really great and it's really encouraging to hear that, you know, hear your story and to hear how you are pursuing what you want to do out of life because it's it's a matter of we're all given the same amount of time and and what we choose to do with that is is really up to us and and again i i commend you for 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 taking taking a risk and and doing this because i know it's not the most lucrative job that you could possibly have but if you're doing something that you're passionate about um you can be a real inspiration to a lot of other people you're certainly inspiring me and um i, I really appreciate that right on, man yeah that's, that's good to hear you know yeah don't let, don't let your dreams be dreams <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah just go, just go for it. You know, you only live once. So, <laughs> I hear that. So, well, Jonah, thanks again. Um, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day because I, I certainly it's about one o'clock. I got to get on, get uh, on the rest of my day. So, uh, so appreciate it, and we'll definitely talk again soon. Right on, man. Take care, and uh, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. So there you have it. That's the interview that I conducted with Jonah UL of Oakland Judo on Wednesday, March 29th. Now, there was a video that I did because we I've been using Google uh, Hangouts to do the, the two interviews that I've done on this podcast so far. The video on the first interview that I did went really well, but the audio I had problems with on my end. It was not... Uh, not uh, an issue on my guests, but this time around, the video wasn't all very all that good in my opinion. But the audio ended up being a little bit better. I've cleaned up the audio a little bit, so unfortunately, again, there is not a video for this particular interview because you guys would have seen my official Judo Inside water bottle being used, and you would have seen me wearing the official Judo Inside single weave judogi on camera. So the best I'm going to have to uh, the best I'm going to be able to do is to use that image of me with the water bottle and the judogi as a podcast episode cover art. 
Now, I think Joan is doing a lot of great things at his club. I just noticed on his Instagram feed that he now has a a teen class. So I'm hoping the very best for him. I'm hoping that that means that more, you know, he'll he'll be able to provide a an outlet for a different class of students, so to say, um, that may not fit into larger adult classes or or uh, really small kids classes. So I because sometimes I think. Teenagers are at that, well, so many teenagers are on that developmental crossroad where a lot of adults, and, and this was this has been my personal experience in judo, I don't know what it is for, for a, a, a martial art that was generated and developed by a, a, a relatively average sized guy. There's a lot of big dudes in in judo for whatever reason. It tends to attract a lot of big guys, adults that start it at a later age. They tend to be really big. So when I started judo at my first club, that was the one thing that really caught me off guard is there's a lot of guys that were, you know, I'm talking about like six feet, 200 pounds or or even bigger, just, just really big guys. And when I started judo, I was... Well, I'm still the same height, but uh, I was about 145 pounds, and and I would venture to guess for teenagers that are growing into their bodies, it's got to be very tough to join an adult club where there's a lot of older, uh, much stronger, you know, man strength and a lot of a lot of bigger adults. So I think having a teenage class that separates that that creates uh, that fills in that gap between children's and adults is, is is really important for an instructor to have. Now I, I do think, you know, if you've got a class with a with a, a a healthy mix of adults of all sizes, then the teenager should be a part of that. So kudos to Jonah for living the dream and I, I wish him all the success in the world. And not just him, but really anybody that that vent, that starts off to create a their own judo club I, I really hope that you all find success as well. That's not just exclusive to Jonah. I know all, many of you are putting yourselves out there, volunteering your time, or maybe even struggling financially in order to have a judo club. And and I know it can be tough. It was tough for my own judo instructor to be able to have a club. And eventually he, he really had to close it because there just wasn't enough interest in judo. Now, maybe... You know, there there could have been other factors that caused those particular issues, and I think there were. And you know what? Next weekend, I'm going to have a a guest co-host. I've talked about it before. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, my judo instructor and going to his club and things along those lines. I'm really looking forward to having. Joe Kaiser as a guest co-host. He's not going to be somebody I'm interviewing. He's going to be a guest co-host. So he's going to bring some topics to the table that he wants to talk about related to judo, related to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. But we're definitely going to talk about some of these things regarding the struggles that my own are really, it turned out to be our judo uh, instructor had to deal with when he had his own club. So that's that's a preview of next week's podcast. I'm also going to be talking a lot about the Grand Prix that's happening in Tbilisi, Georgia, 
this weekend. It's actually happening starting on Friday, and it's going to run all the way through Sunday. Joe and I will also talk about other things that I'm not going to give the entire podcast away. You can be sure I'm going to be talking about WrestleMania. Uh, so, so be prepared for my WrestleMania review. I won't bore you with all the details, but I'll probably give about a a two to three minute summary of my thoughts on WrestleMania. So if any any of you guys end up watching WrestleMania, go ahead and let me know what your thoughts were. Uh, I, I don't want this to become a wrestling specific podcast. It's not going to become a wrestling podcast, but so I do like to talk about pop culture things from time to time. Just give it, you know, a few, just give it a, a nod and, and talk about it briefly. And, and WrestleMania is certainly one of those pop cultural things that, that even if you're not into wrestling, a lot of people do will watch WrestleMania. So with that, I'm going to end this podcast and I really appreciate you guys checking out the podcast and 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 uh, letting me know what you think about it. I've just received tons of positive reviews. Keep those emails coming, judochopsuishow at gmail.com. If you want to follow me at Twitter, it's at Lavita Judoka. And of course, on Facebook, you can find me at, uh, just do a search for Judo Chop Suey. And if you want to check out my Instagram, I've changed my Instagram handle to match my Twitter handle, which is also La Vida Judoka. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, send me a message, harass me, you go right ahead. I hope you have a great rest of the week. I hope you have a great time at judo training or wherever you're doing judo or practicing, whatever martial art you're doing. Train hard, stay safe out there, and until next time, I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open. Open.